the f- <clears throat> the fuck is that? <laughs> Welcome to the Open Mic Pain with Anthony and Wayne Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to an open mic paid with Anthony and Wayne. We are here with a very special edition, everybody. I had to get Wayne going. I had to get him going in the beginning. Because <laughs> we are going to have maybe our most excited to have podcast guest ever because we are such a fan of her and she's all over the New England community. So, Wayne... Why don't you go, because I never let you do the intro to the person when I do it. Why don't you give an introduction to Lauren and everywhere that she's been and done? So, yeah, the first time I saw Lauren was at the Luna Theater back in August, I believe it was. And then we were lucky enough to um, actually perform with her at The Point just a few weeks ago. So this week's guest, Lauren Sims, how are you? I am doing great. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. That's wonderful. Doing pretty well. Good. Doing great. After I shocked Wayne's core there, I needed to let him in on that one. Yeah, that goes back to the very beginning. Every time, uh, so we used to do um, like Mike of the Week, Mike of the Weeks. Yeah. So each episode would be about a specific Mike, and then we would record in the parking lot after. And every episode, he'd get uh, sequentially louder and louder and louder. And uh, then one day, he just went really quiet, and he's had to top himself. He he kind of really, uh, for lack of a better word, blew his load pretty early on in this this show. I did. So he he has to get really really. The thing I'm most really anxious creative. about, actually, for the show, is I, I, I don't know what else to do now. I'm going to have to like cover myself in green paint on the next one or something and, and say it. <laughs> but that's you back yourself into a corner. You do. Yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned, the first time I saw you mm-hmm. was at the, the Luna Theater. Okay. Uh, performing with Tony V. Yep. Uh, so, I think that's a good segue into how did you start? Ah. How did you start stand-up? Okay. So, um... I'll tell you the creative story that I like to tell people. Um, I was out for a walk one day. I was working in Boston, and me and my girlfriends were working um, on Summer Street. And we took this really long walk. And before you knew it, we were at the Renaissance Hotel, and I saw this sign. It said, Laugh Boston. And I'm like, huh, wonder what that is. So went back to my office, looked it up. It's a comedy club. And I start, you know, digging in, hitting the, you know, like, what do they have? Shows. And I saw classes. And I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And I said to myself, if I don't do this now, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So I gave them my credit card and I said, sign me up. And I was assigned to Tony V. So I got to work with the master and it totally changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. And that was in July of 2019. And we were wrapping things up around, um, hmm, end of February, (laughs) early March of 2020. Yeah. And we all know what happened after that. Um, I was all excited because... I got to do a five-minute set at Nick's Comedy Stop. It was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to the Mecca. I am performing at the Mecca of all comics in Boston. I'm like, this is going to be great. I did my set. I did well. I was like, this is it. 
we're starting. We're on a roll. Within one week, city of Boston was shut down. Within hmm. two weeks, the world shut down. Damn. Yeah, it was great. So I hibernated. I hibernated yep. for a while. Um, I met some really great people online, um, fellow comics. Um, I did a Zoom comedy show. How, how'd you like that? I hated it. I really, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know that was like the thing to do, but I just, it's hard to connect. It's hard to get the feedback that you get in yeah. a live show. I didn't like it. I just didn't. I just, I, I tried. Uh, I really tried, but I just, I just couldn't get into it. But then I started like going to shows. I was living at uh, Giggles in Saugus. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Because they did comedy in the parking lot under a tent. Oh no kidding. So they uh, had the tent in the parking lot, and we would do. Sh they would do shows, and it was a way uh, for us to like get out of the house. We were outside, you know, kind of sort of. We were spread yeah. out, you know. Um, but it got us connected. It kept us going. Um, mm -hmm. And you really start to learn. And you start watching comics. And you start watching how they do things. How they interact with the crowd. You know, everything. You just start. And it was kind of like I was doing classes on my own. So yeah. that's what I did. What did you think of the classes, by the way? Because when we first started comedy, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, eight, nine months ago, Tony mm -hmm. V was teaching an intro class, and I was mm -hmm. like, wait, we should go to this thing. And then I had a baby, like a fucking idiot. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't do Damn it. Damn that baby. Um, yeah. But he, you're so sweet, but he's not. He's a spawn of something that is not human, oh. most likely yeah, whatever the Sagittarius monster is. That's like the type of Taurus? Taurus demon? Yeah. <laughs> Something Taurus like that. demon. That's a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever. Something like that. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, we're, we're just horrible. But we um so we want to do the like I want to definitely do that Laugh Boston class myself at some point, yeah. but here here's the question. A, was it awesome? But B, uh, it sounds like it was. But B, uh, now that we've got, you know, 15 minutes of comedy somewhere in that ballpark, and that's about crafting your first five minutes, mm -hmm. uh, do they let you go to the second level, or do you recommend that? Or do you recommend even if you have 15 minutes, start at the beginning and, you know, go up their ladder that way? Well, I mean, we had, at the time, there were four levels. And I did levels one, two, and three. And I was literally ready to, like, jump into level four, in March of 2020 and we never got to level four. So mm -hmm. level one helped you craft that first five minutes. And then the second level was let's, let's increase that. Let's, let's extend that. Let's, and then by level three, it's perfecting like your voice. What's your persona? What's your character? Who are, who are you writing jokes for? And that to me was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. So I was trying to come up with great things because I was, at the time, uh, a crazy perimenopausal mom of two. So what can I craft? And I crafted a lot, let me tell you. Um, my kids are comedy gold, let me tell you. When they get older, yeah. Anthony, they do become comedy gold. They do. Oh, really? they, he's comedy potato right now, but I'll take it. Like I, I've written about eight <laughs> jokes about uh, about him. 
Poor one about thing. tossing them like a football. Remember that one, Wayne? I like that one. Oh, God. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the classes. I mean, the funny thing was, like, the first night you're there, I mean, Tony makes you get up on the stage, like, day one. And I'm like, oh, okay. I haven't been on school a stage since, like, high school in the spring musical. In, in you know, where my fair lady in Oklahoma. You know, it's like <laughs> I haven't been on stage, like, since then. But it's amazing the things he'll teach you. Like, I didn't pay attention to this before, but when you take the mic out, put the stand behind you. You'd be so surprised how many people I see don't do that. I don't do that. But I also like to hold it sometimes. Because I used to do a waltz. That was my anchor. But here's the thing. I used to do like a little crosswalk. That's Yeah, it's because he's an anxious bitch, but you should definitely always put it behind you. That's what I do. (laughs) But there's a difference because now I'm starting to hold on to it and I'm doing the stick shift thing, you know. But there are some people who are talking into the mic, but the mic stand is still right here. And they've almost like walked into it. And it's like, put that back, put that back, you know, put it over there. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's simple things like that that I never even thought of. And then he just starts from there. Anthony made a good point about that. Uh, when I, Even when I'm not holding it, I leave it there. Mm. Sometimes I'll put it behind me, but I also will walk the stage a little bit. But he, he told me when, when I leave it there, mm. I cut the stage in half and I'm only walking on one side. I don't go past the mic stand. Yep. That's a good, that's a good point. Mm. I don't do I always just like it out of the way because I like to punctuate the set with the mic stand at the end, you know what I mean? Like I like to just like this is the last joke and put it into the thing. <laughs> and I got to keep it far away too so I can it's you know what's nice is when you hit a punchline and you turn around so that you don't have to face the disgusting thing that you said and you can grab the microphone <laughs> stand and put it back in between the the guffaws. Um that's why I do it. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't you do, do it for the good walking comedy. thing yet. I don't do the walking thing yet because I am so terrified of falling off the stage. I'm going to be now, too. Well, because there are some places that it's so freaking dark and you've got this one spotlight that basically is giving you LASIK surgery. Yep. That I'm so afraid I'm going to go. So I just stay in my little space where I know I can be okay, And then I just stay. Yep. I, I've spent the last eight months stepping off little stages, and uh, yesterday I went to a uh, a farm with my son for this Halloween thing, and I ate shit coming off one of the steps and uh, sprained my ankle. Mm. <laughs> so eight months of practice, and uh, I mess up at a farm in front of a bunch of kids and then started swearing. So good shit. Yeah, you yeah, <laughs> went down like the grape lady in that video, that YouTube video from back in the day. He was just like, (laughs) (laughs) so was Nick's comedy stop your first time on stage ever uh, for for stand up? No, we actually um, when we they do a showcase after every series, right? Exactly, and we did ours at Capo's Supper Club. Okay, Um, and we got five minutes, and we were mixed in with the regular people who were there for stand up. So that was kind of crazy. Um, but we got to do three showcases there and it was great. It was a good learning space to practice in. Um, and then because we had done level three, they said, well, we'd like to, you know, give you guys like a graduation present. That's what they were calling it. 
and they said we'd like to give you five minutes at Nick's, and we're all like, holy crap. And That's incredible. we were just like floored. So it was me and my friend Maureen went first. And then two more people were the following week, the week that the city shut down. I always felt so bad for them. And then it was going to be, you know, two more after that. But me and Maureen were the only ones who got to go do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does your friend Maureen still do stand-up as well? She is starting to get back to it. Mm -hmm. um, so she's doing... Um, you know, five minute guest spots, you know, getting, she's getting back into the game. Um, yeah. and I think after, after COVID, it was kind of hard for some people to, to get back into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but now that we're kind of wide open again, a lot of people are doing it and it's, it's great to see everybody. There, there seems to be a big boom right around the time when we started, mm -hmm. uh, at least up in the Lowell area. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a ton of people. Yeah. Like, every mic we go to up in this area, for the most part, is like 20, 30 people deep most nights. It's amazing. I don't know. I've been to some mics where there'd be like 30 comics, and you don't leave there till like quarter past 11, and I'm like, oh my God, this is way yeah. too many. Too yeah. Many. Yeah. So one of my favorite questions is, yes. do you remember in your first set, mm -hmm. do you remember any of the jokes that you did, and do you still do any of them? I did a my whole first five minutes was all about me being in perimenopause. I haven't brushed that one off in a while. Mm -hmm. um, oh my god! Now I have to think about it. I haven't done that. I have not done that one in four years. Oh gosh! Wow! But. <laughs> I should probably brush it off, seeing I'm probably entering menopause at any day now. So, hey, it might be nice to refresh. <laughs> it might be nice yep. to refresh that work. Yes. It It's fun uh, thinking about I mean, obviously, you, you've been doing it quite a bit longer than we have mm -hmm. at this point. But that night you saw us at the point, um, that joke I was doing about the uh, finding my dad's porn. Yes. That was that was part of the first five minutes I ever did, or the first time I ever went on stage. Uh -huh. It's changed a shit ton since then. But. Right. Um, I, I thought you were about that. to say my mom. That's when my mom went through menopause. I thought you were about to say that's what the what the pit was. I thought you were tying it back. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, damn, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, I, I just find it. I just I just find it interesting. Uh, thinking back like that, like, you know, uh, we mentioned a couple few episodes ago that I went back and listened to my first set yep. ever, and hearing how different that was from I think the last time I did that was when you saw me and yeah, just how how different it was yeah kind of a kind of a fun exercise i think it's kind of crazy how my writing has changed since 2019 and how i write it mm -hmm. um it just starts with a a word it can start with a sentence one day i was literally working on five minutes for the point i was just there like last week and the bit was Taylor Swift and football dick. <laughs> it got a couple of laughs. I was, I literally just tried it out there. You know, it's kind of a topical joke. I don't know how much longer I can use it. Don't know how much, mm -hmm. you know, I'm wishing them all the best. God bless them both. Um, but I try, I've been trying to put in at least a little bit more topical stuff. You know, mm -hmm. work it in. If it doesn't work, you take it out. You know, don't go crazy. Um, my, but yeah. my problem with topical is I always turn it so dark. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. It's just like, that's where Takes my dark, dark humor comes out. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think like, you're, you're going to be like, able to do that for a while because like he is laying all of the Keystone pipe on that lady uh, in the entire world, and uh, it's, it's going to be fine. They got a lot of it when they canceled it. Remember? Bye. They what? Would they cancel? The Keystone pipeline. That's why gas is expensive. All right, keep going. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that went right over my head. It's topical. <laughs> oh. so, so what one thing i admire about you the the two times i've seen you you're you're like very you're, you're pretty clean you're very clean is like all of your material clean um and i have a question but like remind me about the luna i have a question i've been dying to ask you okay. um but i'll come um, back to that I didn't purposely try to write clean material. It just happened that way. But I have a, I got a couple of things. I don't do it very often, um, but I have some, you know, not PG-13, you know, material. But I don't use it very often um, just because it's a, it's a tricky topic that I, I, I'm working on, um, which someday I'll explain later. Um, <laughs> there's a story. Um, but yeah, I don't purposely try to be clean, but it just comes out that way. Mm-hmm. I admire that because I have a really hard time with it. Like, I'm very blue. Um, I have a hard time thinking of funny punchlines that are not, uh, groan-worthy sometimes. <laughs> you know why that's the case, right, Wayne? <laughs> no. I'm sure you'll it's... enlighten me, though. Oh, I will. Uh, so... <laughs> So I heard um, I heard Mark Norman talk about this, and he said that really to become a comedian, finding your voice is just amplifying who you are in just a little bit more of a hyperbolic way. So if you're a really good yes. person, you're probably going to have you know very fun material. Like you had the uh, fun fall activities, I think was the was yes. the, the line and at the point, and that yeah. was awesome. It was so hearty. Wayne is a, a giant. I think it was. 46 stone we said i looked it up in um, chinese as well i think they weigh it in straw dolls so i think he's like 650 straw dolls <laughs> so amplify that and that's his material so how are you gonna do clean material in that world it's like me sucks but you know that's yeah. we we play the hands that were dealt and our hands are filled with blood Jesus Christ. Wow. I'm just... So, so, so Luna question. So, the Luna question, yes. yeah. And <clears throat> this has to do with a specific part of your bit, so I can take it out if you want me to. Sure. Um, you were on the same night as, was it Doris? Yes. Doris. Doris Ballard. You had a bit. You had a bit where you pulled out of your bra, was it ibuprofen or something like that? Yes, ibuprofen. And Doris, on her set, pulled out bacon. Did you guys plan that? No. Or is that complete coincidence? That's complete coincidence. I had I was, just met her that night. I was dying. I was like, what are the chances? When you get two uh, broads on good. the same show, you never know what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. There's, there's yes. always something in there. <laughs> yeah, I love that bit. I love the pulling out. Of, there was one night I almost lost it. I, I almost lost the ibuprofen down my shirt. So, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing, but I got it. I found it. I got it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's because it's the God honest truth. I mean, I'm I'm getting into more 
the getting older Gen X. I'm a tried and true Gen X. Don't tell me anything else because I'm a Gen X girl. Um, and it's the God honest truth. We have ibuprofen all over our house. It's upstairs. It's downstairs. It's in the car. It's in my purse. It's in my bra. Hey, I got you covered. But I'm <laughs> leaning into that because that's what my crazy life is right now. You know, I mean, today I went crazy. I'm like, I was, you know, looking through, you know, Facebook and whatever. And Daryl Hall, Hall and Oates. Daryl Hall is 77 years old. Jeez. How did that happen? How did that happen? Tony Basil. Oh, Mickey, you're so fun. You're so fun. You blew my mind. Hey, yeah, she just turned 80. 80. I did that with Weird Al a couple years ago. I couldn't believe it. I'm freaking out because I I think that we're all like in the same age. We're like, we haven't aged that much. I mean, I know I'm 52. Yeah, I get it. But everyone else will stay frozen. They did not. It does feel that way, doesn't it? That is yes. kind of weird. You start seeing people like just drop like flies. And you're like, what happened? Like, yeah. how did Betty White die? She was so young. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, she was... She's like 99 years old. She's 99. <laughs> but it's the truth. I mean, but that's kind of like me finding my voice and leaning into that persona or that character is this is what my life is right now. And I think you're going to kind of find it funny. So listen to my stuff. Now, do you like pull something from the environment and then riff on it on stage like you were talking about just those couple words and you just go up there with that and see what comes of it? Or do you try to like write out the bit before you, you go up there? It depends. Sometimes I write it out like fun fall activities. I've been working on that. I started that last year and then pulled it out this year and wow. brushed it off and, and did some edits and stuff. The Taylor Swift and football dick, I literally came up with that week. <laughs> I said, hey, it could be something funny. And at least anything, it's a cute intro. You know, because it was funny because when yeah. I did it, I was I did this whole thing about, you know, let Taylor Swift enjoy her football dick. You know, she's had some really <laughs> lousy boyfriends. You know, I'm like a mom. She's had crappy boyfriends. She would never have survived the Kennedy compound. Okay. She dodged a bullet. <laughs> dodged a bullet. And I, no pun intended, but she never would have survived that. <laughs> She never would have survived that. And if she's enjoying the football dick, for those of us who can't, let her. And I did this <laughs> big, huge thing. And then I said, so I'm a mom. And just segued into being a mom, you know. And that's my crazy life that week, you know. And that's what we did. So you, 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 you perform a lot of places. So you have a – I mean, everybody does – you know, even if you're doing open mics, but you have a wide variety of um, uh, demographics in the crowds. Mm -hmm. With your material specifically, do you how, how do you find it uh, connects with the younger crowd versus the older crowd? That's tough. Um, sometimes they'll get it, and sometimes they don't, and that's fine. Because when they're up there talking about, you know smoking a joint in their parents' base room, basement, you know, while jerking off into a sock, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Oh. She just for two. half of your set, Anthony. I'm so sorry, Anthony. <laughs> I, gave away, I gave away all your secrets. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, honey. I did not mean to do that. Did not mean to do that. Well, but a lot of it... Almost. I mean, My parents are too poor to have a basement, but besides that... 
<laughs> how to do it in the living room. But that's the thing. It's kind of like you're gonna hit. You're gonna hit with some people, and some of them you're not. And that's just. But I'm playing more gigs with a slightly older demographic, which is fine by me. Yeah. Um, and hey, we're, Gen X is getting older too, so we all fall into the same category now. So it's okay. I, I find it interesting because we've done mainly open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a couple not open mic stuff. Mm-hmm. In the open mic scene, it's a lot of younger people. Yes. A lot of people younger than me. Oh, yes. And, and so a lot of the stuff, you know, because you know, we're both kind of blue, it hits pretty well with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that class with Mike Katrobus, and I, I got to go to uh, mm-hmm. do the Wicked Funny. Yep. And I was a little nervous because it was a it was an older crowd, mm-hmm. but my material went over really really well. And then I recorded it in the video. You could see these two old ladies and an old man uh, on my left side. Mm-hmm. And I spent an, I watched the video back, and I spent the entire time watching them. Yeah. And they were dying laughing. See? I did my dad's old porn bit. I did a like a racial joke, which it was it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> like um, and I did, you know, some other stuff that you know brought up a couple other topics that are not necessarily um, kosher, but not crude, you mm-hmm. know. And I was surprised at the reaction I got from the the older crowd. Yeah, uh, with I that mean, kind of stuff, it's, again, you never know. You exactly, you never know what's going to hit and what's not. And you might go up there going, "Ah, oh, I got this one. This one, this one is going to kill," and you get mm-hmm. nothing. We did that the other night. We went to. We've talked about the safe before. You haven't been there since we. I have not been there. But I. I, Can I just stop you right there, Anthony? I I listened to um one of the podcasts a couple weeks ago, where you were talking about um hosts, and you guys were at Hmm. the Baron, and like one week you had Janet McNamara, and then one week you had a different kind of host, and you said something really that really kind of stuck with me. The host really does make a difference. And it mm-hmm. can, it can, uh, when you said that, I'm like, yes, yes. Cause I, I yes. really just, I keep saying it and it's going to annoy people and I'm sorry everybody, but the, I really think of like that aspect of it, like the stuff you can't control, I, I can call it is more the, mm-hmm. the cultured energy of the room. So meaning the host has to create the ball rolling on the energy that we're trying to create in there. And it's like a palpable thing in a room. That's why smaller rooms work better is you can get that energy in right away. And then it's your job to keep the energy at a sustained level throughout your set and it hopefully on a higher note that it goes to and pass the ball off to somebody. And if a host torpedoes the energy right away, you have to then build it back up. So we were – that was the burn episode. I had a host run in a couple weeks uh, later Mm -hmm. uh, because I had a host that was doing a joke about – because my last name is really hard to say. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had done it the last four times I'd been at the place about how my last name's hard to say Mm -hmm. uh, to just nothing, to just the crowd doing nothing. Uh, and it really torpedoed the beginning of my set because I'd go up and yep. everybody would be looking at me all confused because he'd say mm-hmm. my name all weird and all that yep. and a terrible joke beforehand. And I talked to him afterwards. I'm like, you got to stop doing that because you are severely disadvantaging the energy of the room before I go up there. Right. And, like, your whole job as a host is to bring up my energy. Like, you can say anything about me right. if it brings the energy of the room up and I get to go up there and, and take the ball rolling. Right. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying to, uh, before, it's like the host is kind of the the hammer to the gun. I mean, you can still <clears throat> kill without it, obviously, and yeah. 
you see, like, uh, I saw Steve Bjork at um, Winter Circle, mm -hmm. and I saw him take a dead room, like, that would had just been killed by everybody that went before him, yep. and bring it back to life. That's yep. a skill that I don't think we, uh, me and Wayne have yet, just because, you know, at our stage, we don't know the tricks of how to get it up there yet, but it was mm -hmm. really cool to see that. Yeah. Our job right now, I think, at our level is to just, when the ball's in the air, make sure you catch it type of yeah. effect, but we can't really throw absolutely. it ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hosts, that's another thing, too. I, I don't want to harp on the host thing, but we see a lot, and even though it is just open mics, but if you're running an open mic, you should really care about it. Yeah. You know, you want people to go there and have a good time. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll you'll see some of these open mic hosts use it as their, almost like their playground to do two to seven minutes in between every person. And yeah. if, if somebody comes off the stage and they're on a high note, just keep it going. Like, all right, great job. Bring up the next guy, whatever. Right. But if, you know, let's say I go up and I bomb, Maybe after I go up, you know, maybe you go up and do a couple minutes and try right. to win the audience back a little bit. Exactly. But you don't see that a lot. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of issues with some hosts out there. There's, there's a lot of good ones out there, but yes. you see some really bad habits too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Allie DF um, has a great policy where she's going to do time before you go up or something. Like let's say someone's bombing. She'll come up to you and be like, hey, I'm going to do two minutes. So, And she just at least lets you know before that you're going to go up that she's going to do that time so that you can get prepared, like so you're not looking at your phone and wondering when you're going to go up or right. all that. Just nice to know your kind of your, yeah. your time to go. Yeah, absolutely. sorry, Andrew. Have you ever been down there to Ali's Mike's in uh, Salem? No, you I know, haven't. Like she used to do Witch's Brew or Hallowed Ground. They're awesome. If you have some time and you can make your way out there, they're mm. they're fantastic. Yeah, I've heard about that. And one. I say that because we always we always bomb there because they're just not our crowd, uh, and that's why I love them so much. They really like, you know, they're the true grit. They'll they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be going near Salem until at least mid-November. Yeah, 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 right now it's a little crazy. A little crazy. <clears throat> so here's a question. Does yours, uh, so you're, um, when, when you have a bad set, like, uh, have you, ha does your material allow you to bomb? And in the sense of, like, for instance, when we throw a, the devious of dick jokes out there that bombs, it, it's palpable, the disgust in the room, and we feel it, and that's kind of where the bombs come from. Does your material allow for that, or would you say, like, when you have a bad set, it's just kind of like, ah, I got a couple of chuckles, but it wasn't anything crazy? Or do you ever have some nights with it where you're like, they hate me? I haven't had anywhere I was like, oh, my God, they hated me. I've been at some mics, open mics that have been like that, yeah, um, and it has made me want to question my career choice. Um, but in terms of like shows that I've done, um, I, I had one recently and I had good stuff. I got some good laughs, but I just felt, I, I think we can go back to, you know, um, the host. Mm. It, it, it lacked a certain energy to the point where I think it felt like we almost like didn't have a host. If that makes any sense. I, I know that sounds kind of Yeah, strange, no, I know exactly what you mean. But it just, but it was just like this, and then nothing like, wow, to zip and oh, let's get going. Come on, are you ready? It wasn't, I don't know. And I think that kind of, you know, it kind of, you know, I don't know what the word I'm trying to find, but it's like it kind of set the tone 
for the rest of the night. And we all, me and a friend of mine were talking about afterwards, and I'm like, what'd you think? And he's like, yeah, that's okay. You know, I got some good laughs. I said, yeah, I got a couple of, yeah, that's okay. But there just seemed to be a, there wasn't a oomph. There wasn't a thing. And that can really affect your set. It really and truly can. Because you, you know you've got some good stuff. And you've got a good crowd, but something just happened in between. And just, huh. And then the room just goes, huh. And, you know. Yeah, I went to the comedy oh, cellar. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, so I went to the comedy cellar, and um, I really recommend if you haven't been out to, like, anything like that, Perf- I, I won't call it like a professional level where they're doing those crazy shows every night over there that are mm-hmm. insane. But what was really interesting was seeing how the MC worked across all the shows mm-hmm. it was exactly the same every time. And I thought it was really cool to see like a prof- it that is as close to an open mic, you know, small show environment with just mm-hmm. headliner killers that are the top level of comedy across the country yeah. to see how the MCs are all kind of prototypical in there. Like they mm-hmm. are. They go out extremely loud. They're going to talk to everybody in the front rows to figure out kind of where they're from, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And uh, you know because they're telling the comics when they go to the back, hey, this person's from this area, all that, because the comics go up and start targeting people based on where they're from and stuff. It's very methodical, especially doing comedy and like looking behind to try to see how the sausage is made in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The MC is a very particular job that I think if – the hosts out here just noticed how much different an MC comic is doing than a regular material comic up there. They probably just think they're crowd work guys. Like, oh, that's a crowd work comic. They must always put hosts as crowd work comics. You don't realize that that's part of the gig is to get the people going uh, and get um, you know information, especially not at an open mic but at a showcase. You know, it'd be good if you had a guy that was really pumping the crowd up, learning about them. You can hear it back and forth. Like, we saw Burt Kreischer at a, a festival with a mm-hmm. bunch of other comics. I think it was, like, ten comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of They all were kind of picking at the front rows of the crowd, and the rest of them were listening in the back. And they kept building and building off of one lady. It was her birthday, actually. Um, she was mm-hmm. uh, there. And I think five comics did material on it. And, uh, again, I just think it's um, – I'm very analytical when it comes to comedy, and I, I think that that is a – a cool technique that you see the better hosts do is they just, mm. you know, pull material out, which builds the energy and helps you as a comic, you know, do better. Now, isn't it funny when you go to shows now, and even at open mics, how you kind of like sit back and you look at things and you go, oh, "No, no, you should be doing this," and no, no, no. and you start like going, "Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe you should have gone." No. It's like you just start going, hmm, no, I don't like, hmm, no, I got, no, I don't like that, yeah. It's like the beautiful mind meme. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, I mean, the, the the show I was talking about, I kept saying, okay, we need to do this, they should have done this, they could have had this, they could have had that. No, we don't want that, mm-hmm. and no, you should not have, you've been here before, why didn't you have it this way? Why didn't you do it? Th-? And I'm going, stop this, you know, just, it's not your show, <laughs> this is not your show. Um, but you do, you start learning things and you start going, oh, this is how, you know, because before you would just go to to a show and you'd go, oh, this is so great. But now when you go, you're looking at how the stage is set up. What kind of lights are they using? Are they, are the lights on, the lights off? Do you just have a spotlight? Um, 
you know, how much were they charging at the door? You know, should they have maybe cut it down a little bit because this really wasn't worth 25 bucks, but hey, the, yeah. And I'm, I go through all these things in my head now and after a while, it's like, you've got to stop doing this. But I don't think I'm going to ever going to be able to stop doing it because now I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah, to us, it feels like I, uh, it feels like at the open mics, we just like, we're trying to play baseball and we're just a bunch of kids that found sticks and rocks and we're just like going, like we're getting, we're getting it. Like we're starting to line people up and we're just swinging at air. And then you go to like a real show and you see like the Yankees play and you're like, holy, holy crap. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, now you go back to the open mics and you're like, wait a minute. You do not what? have to play with, you know, a stick. You can use a real baseball bat. Yeah. So there, you do, you get spoiled definitely by talking about it. That's for sure. Absolutely. One thing I really enjoy about open mics is, uh, in some of them, it's it's actually not as much as I would like, but like the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Like one of the times I went on stage and uh, I did a joke. The second I got off stage, um, I want to say it was Kyle Seeley, but I, I might be misremembering that. But he walked up to me. He's like, "Hey." did you know this? And he gave me a fact that had to do with the joke that I did. He's like, you can throw that in there somewhere. And I never found a way to throw it in there, but it was, it was a fantastic fact. And it like merely made me feel good that he was actually listening yeah. and analyzing it and gave me some feedback. The few times I've tried to do that, I get met with like a cult, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like the least you could say <laughs> is like, Oh, cool. I'll consider that. Thanks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Except one kid, one kid at the safe last week. I, I, I said something to him. I figured what it was, but he was like, Oh my God, I never thought of that. And I really hope next time I see him do it, he'll throw it in there. But, um, but I, I do like the the f- possibility of that type of camaraderie at an open mic versus going to see like a a book show or something. Mm-hmm. Yep, you do. Really you, fun. You start. I like to call it. You start developing your own tribe, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you start to surround yourself with the people that you want to work with, that you want to collaborate yep. with, um, that you want to go places with and see other shows and work on shows together. And it's a really great thing when you do find it. And when you do find your tribe, keep them, keep them close. We, we have, we have a few that we talk to on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of this show, um, we've, you know, we've met a bunch of great people. Mm -hmm. Um, and we keep in touch with them or I keep in touch with them on, on socials and stuff like me and you chat pretty often. Mm -hmm. Um, but I talk with Jacques Lambert a bunch, uh, yeah. Justin George, um, Nick ba- uh, Nick Powell. Every once in a while, I'll I'll shoot him a, a DM or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and next scene on. But yeah, you're right. It, it's it's really interesting to see who you gravitate towards and who you're bouncing things off of, and you know who you're looking to see what they're doing and the different directions people go. Mm. You know, like yeah. some some people are are you know like me. Like I went and did a, a hosting class, and I'm trying to network in that way, and other people are networking with other people that they find at open mics and putting on shows on their own and mm. it's it's a really interesting dichotomy is that the word anthony you use that word i a lot. say it i say it all the time way too much i say dichotomy five five million times in this podcast already because i'm like if i say that everybody will not know the veil of stupid that is behind the f- <laughs> the facade i put forward <coughs> uh but yes no completely right there wayne um yeah no you you do a lot like uh, so I'm always surprised I feel like every poster I see you're on there or something like how often are you how how many times a week are you are you doing open mics versus book shows or or whatever um, I feel like you're you're everywhere well I try I I I definitely try I mean the last um, open mic I was at was the point last week 
Um, I'll be there probably next month. I'll be at the point. Um, right now, I just have a bunch of shows coming up. Um, and I actually just, I'm, I'm, there are days when I go, oh, God, I, I have nothing going on. I got nothing going on. Then all of a sudden, you get a text, and you're like, oh, this is really good. And Tony V asked me to be on a benefit show with him. Um, oh, and that's I'm like, fantastic. I was like, yeah, what time? Where? Okay. <laughs> is there parking? Because I don't want to parallel park. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, there's parking. You're fine. I said, okay, good. I'm there. Tell me what time I have to be there. Um, I'll be your special you sub-in. If there happens to be parallel parking, I'll take the set for you if you don't want to do it. And uh, I'll, I'll just in case. I'll, be your, <laughs> I'll keep you in mind. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, because you'll get like, you'll, you know, I put out that post like last week, you know, I'm getting really busy and it's good. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get that. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy girl right now. But of course I have like nothing going on in December. So it's like, okay. We're gonna be. There's gonna be snow probably. You don't want to drive in that. Exactly, shit exactly. It was funny. Someone wrap up throwing a Hallmark show. <laughs> You're good to go. That's actually the next bit that I'm working on. The Hallmark movies. How, how many times you can see uh, DJ Tanner in a Hallmark movie? <laughs> Take a shot every movie she's in in the 24 hours. Oh my god! I mean, I have it literally down to I know by the clock what time. The conflict will arise that will make our star-crossed lovers go, Oh, no. I saw him kiss a girl. He must be in love with her. Oh, no. I saw her get a text from a guy. That must be her boyfriend. I know exactly what time. It happens. It happens. An hour and 25 minutes in. By a quarter of the hour, we're pretty much back on track and five minutes before we get the happy ending on only the way the hallmark will do with a really lousy kiss no one knows how to kiss no <laughs> i can tell you the exact timestamps of other movies but for completely different purposes like <laughs> there you go. that's I, how I we're different you, anthony so. me and you <laughs> we yeah let's my, talk about american pie i could tell you how <laughs> <laughs> I got all those timestamps in there. <laughs> my wife and I, uh, we just moved into this house uh, a year ago yeah. in a couple of days. Um, but before that, we were living with, with my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And we had two separate areas because she would watch whatever she watched and we'd, you know, do whatever. But around the holidays, I always found myself, like, not wanting her to be alone, really. So, you know, not alone, but she, she would sit in her porch by herself. Mm-hmm. So I'd go out and, like, hang out with her a little bit, chat, and i just kind of, like, sit on my phone so there's another body. But I caught myself, this is my guilty uh, confession, I caught myself starting to watch the Hallmark movies. Like, I'd be putting the phone down and be like, ooh, you trifling hoe. Like... <laughs> my thing is, I want to know who the hell is doing the hair and makeup their hair never moves. Like I can move my hair, and you can see it moving. It doesn't move. That might be like a. It does, and I'm there's talk- something about Mary type. No, no, and I'm talking about the guys. <laughs> I'm not even talking. Well, the girls have those. Chunky- so was I. <laughs> oh, there you go. But that's the thing. Thank it's God. Like- I thought I so I thought I was ruining this podcast by being too vulgar, and I, I was very sorry no. about it. And then he came Wayne in there, me. and he's like, yeah, oh, Wayne, took <laughs> Wayne took it. 
I can't let you win all of them. <laughs> Thank you. But, no, but I needed see, the stress off of me, and you just fucking jizzed it out. <laughs> there was one... Because I think I found... What is it? Oh, now, it's it's... We all call them the Christmas movies. Now, Hallmark does not discriminate... I found the Hanukkah movie. Oh. And yeah, it's going to be coming on. It's. I didn't see what the title was. Ready for this one? Hanukkah on Rye. Hand oh my God. Hand to God. <laughs> I will watch it for you so you don't have to, but. Oh wow, that's so God. offensive. <laughs> I almost said eight days a Jew, and I, that's like way less offensive. <laughs> I'm like, they Speaking- made a Hanukkah one? I'm like, oh, I've got to watch this one. This is going to be good. Little off topic, uh, but I went on Mark Norman's website the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and he had, I, I went on his little drop down menu. And in his drop-down menu, he has a section that says, I like the Jews. And, and if you click it, it's just a bunch of bios of famous Jewish people. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And, I don't know why, why he has that. And then, That's a buffer also, against all the other stuff. <laughs> but then it gets yeah, better. Yes. It gets better. They do have other varieties of movies. They do the fall ones. They had one set in Ireland last week. I think that was their equivalent of their St. Patrick's Day movie. Oh. Bad. Just bad. <laughs> there are a few that I have actually, I've shoved here. Just, just, just one. But most of them I look at them and go, someone got paid to write this. Well, I think, I think the people writing the movies are the same people writing the cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's not there's not much to them, and they all pretty much say the same thing. There, I now follow a girl on Instagram. Anthony's so excited. Are you excited? Are you happy? Sorry, about this topic? that was okay. such a fucking he, bomb. He, he loves. <laughs> he loves my stupid quips. <laughs> he just he says so. <laughs> Uh, the, this is again a quick aside. Uh, why I love Wayne so much is he'll um, he wades into a pool that is immediately battery acid, and a lot of people will back out of it. A lot of people will back out of it once they start it, and he just wades in right up to his nipples into it, right into the fucking battery acid, and keeps going. <laughs> uh, he just commits. I love I love anybody who commits. Um, I didn't want to derail it by falling off the chair laughing, but um, I, I held it in. But I held it in like a sneeze, like inside I've I've, I've crapped oh, no, my pants. You just looked like you were in pain for a second. I'm like, I'm a mom. And I'm like, are you okay? Is everything okay? He, he was in pain. Oh, okay. Most of the time when I talk, he's in pain. Okay. Yeah. That's well, where the pain I, comes from, an open mic pain. The first couple episodes, not- you'll notice that I don't hold it back at all, and I hammer Wayne too much. And, um, it, yeah, it's just... He um he he's like any, any any kid. He needs a slap every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes a problem if you make it too public. Jesus. I'm sorry. Continue, Lauren. I, before you're so rudely interrupted. <laughs> I totally lost it, but it's okay. Oh, I follow this girl on Instagram. She can now do a Hallmark movie synopsis in one minute. 
they are hysterical because they all are the same. It's the same movie. You just yeah. change location. Like, what's her career? What's the guy? Change doing? a race or two. Not very often, let me tell you that. Not very often. No, but... they don't. <laughs> um, but it's amazing the formula and how many of these movies have they made. And it's all the same, but yet it's different. And everyone goes, oh, this is a really good one. And it's like, really? I mean, the one that they showed Saturday was A Mystic Christmas. And the only reason I watched it because it took place in Mystic. And I take my girls there in the summer. We saw all the places that we go to. And it was like, oh, that's so cool. We go there. Okay, I'm leaving. Bye. Oh, look, you don't want to watch? No. No, Mom, you watch that. That's your thing. I'm like, oh. Okay, <laughs> okay. bye. Bye. Did, have, you, did you, you show The Mystic River afterwards? Because like, that's a perfect like sequel movie to watch after Mystic Christmas. Didn't watch Sorry, Have you seen Mr. River, Wayne? See, I don't this, know what that is, no. Yeah, I know you don't know what that is. God damn it. Uh, it's a really, really great movie uh, that everybody in the world has seen but you. And uh, would I, man, I hit him like, I'll make it like a Top Gun reference. And he'll be like, hmm? But if I say like a Weird Al song from 1992, he'll be like, yeah, exactly. Let me take out my polka machine and I'll play it for you. Radioactive hamsters from Planet Near Mars? I think that's pretty See? close. Wow. Yeah, pretty very close. Big weird fan. Okay, but he's a very bad movie fan um, in every sense of the word. So, okay, except for UHF. Oh, okay. it's a weird Al movie. Yes, I, movie. yes, I do. I do know about that movie. You remember my, that one? My brother was a was a big fan of that movie. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. As he should be, and he should be too. Just saying. Okay. Not so much. Am I losing points with you? No. You're not going to text me anymore, are you? <laughs> Text we'll him your see. Netflix password so this uncultured swine can watch a piece of freaking oh. film. <laughs> okay, so what was the last movie you watched? Me? The last movie? Oh my god. Uh, honestly, it was probably uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie with my son. But before that, before that, if it wasn't uh, with, a, with a kid... Mm. Or I should I should be more specific. My kid. Mm. Um, it's been a very long time. I don't know. Uh, probably El Camino, the the Breaking Bad movie. I think that was the last one I watched. Oh, okay. That was. But that was like the day it came out. Ago. I know. I don't watch movies. I have a really hard time sitting down to watch TV. If, if I'm going to sit down and actively do something, I'd rather play a video game or something. Mm. Uh, because so, if I watch a movie, I'll fall asleep. You are going to get taken in from the inside out by the Japanese if all you're getting for your culture are video games. Like, you are going to start shitting Hello Kitties if that's all you get from it. You have to watch Quentin Tarantino movies so you can get good dialogue in life and and say cool things and have good references. And when I make a fucking reference on the podcast, you can, like, hit it back and it'd be great. But instead... You're like, I can name the fucking fox that the guy from Final Fantasy has as a sidekick. Nobody knows that. Yeah, it was Red 13. It wasn't a fox. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is my podcast host. Okay. Anthony, if you need help with movie references, you can always call me, okay? Because I can help you Please. out with that. Please. I, I need I need somebody to to help me here. I need. Can we have you like as a phone a friend in here when I make a reference yes. to come on and explain yes. to Wayne? Yes. 
you absolutely can. I'll give you like a bat, like a bat phone. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like I can't explain a reference to him without saying the word like "cuck" in it and at him. And I need somebody that I can bring on to be to say it really nicely, so, so that I can I'm really, continue. I'm I'm really good with the Godfather movies and World War oh. II flicks. I know, I love and those. I'm a girl, and I'm a girl. Have, have you, Wayne? You've seen the Godfather? God, probably years ago. But once again, I don't watch movies. Oh. It's just not my thing. Have you but watched I am Godfather a huge... Part Two? No, but I am a huge mafia fan. I do listen to a lot of uh, mafia podcasts and watch documentaries and stuff. But no, I, I haven't. But you have haven't, you for instance, Goodfellas? seen Goodfellas. I... Have you? Seen... No, I no, I've never seen Goodfellas. I know that. Oh, but I think wow. I've seen The Godfather, but it's been a while. If I have, you know how many Lauren? This is crazy because you know how many times yeah. I've said to him, I want to put a screen in front of his face and throw shit at it and call him Coffee Cake, and he's never gotten that reference every time I said it. Then I thought you just got it because you laughed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny line. <laughs> this that is like be. when I found. This is like when I found out my best friend had never seen Less Than Zero, and I was like. <clears throat> fuck is that <laughs> you've never seen anthony Less- doesn't know either anthony have you seen less than zero i haven't seen less than zero you got me is kevin bacon in it kevin bacon i don't think was born yet no just kidding no less than zero was a really great movie oh god in the 80s with um robert downey jr James Spader, Jamie Gertz. There was a cemetery scene in it. What was there a cemetery scene in it with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, no, he's down by the down by a swamp and he's yelling at his friend about his job. No, was that less than zero? Damn. No, I've seen I've seen they young Robert Downey Jr. Were they at a cemetery? There was. Was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but he was talking about his dead mom. Yeah, yeah, pre-Coke trial. This is pre-Coke trial. Robert Downey Jr. talks about his dead mom. Yes. For sure. I've seen it. Yes. Okay. There's hope Eat for shit, you yet. All right. Okay. Ooh. So you were born in what year? Wait a minute. What year were you born, Wayne? 87. I was 87. May of 87. Oh, my God. I'm younger. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't look it, but he is. Oh, yeah, well, no, uh, my just face doesn't look like somebody hot glued and nared pubes on my face. I have a fucking beard that a man grows, so I might look a smidge older. I was going to shave yesterday, but I broke my foot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stand up long enough. <laughs> Man, fucking one broken foot and he's in Taliban custody. You look like you're so about my, to my bo- pray to the Muslim Koran. <laughs> my boss looked at me on Thursday. He goes, you look like shit. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, what year were you born? I was born in 91. I know. He wasn't even old enough to watch, like, Attitude Era Wrestling at an appropriate age. Right. Is that the reference you like? See, where you throwing? You're throwing baseballs on a football field right now. You're gonna bring up Attitude Era wrestling? Yeah, why not? Were you a wrestling fan, Lauren? Yes, actually, yes. Yeah. In a in a 
Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, it, long story. Top three favorite solos. Top two. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot be that good about that, but I, I have seen some wrestling matches. Yes, I have. I, I need you to tell me what event Stone Cold broke his neck in and who did it. That was that was just a random fact Lloyd Sharp brought up. Like we were talking generally oh, about it. And he was oh, like, yeah, yeah, SummerSlam '97, Owen Hart. I was like, holy it's shit! It's actually really interesting, Lauren. Be- Lloyd is like an encyclopedia. <laughs> it's the best. Like, goddamn right. You could like mention like a word from a match, and he'll just go, yeah, and you're like, how do you know yep. that? Yeah. I found it's that out. I was really excited to talk to him about it. So it was Owen Hart, as Wayne said. I don't know much about wrestling, but I do know that. So Owen Hart did it to Stone Cold, and he broke his neck. And then Owen Hart died, like, a little while later because his cord was cut at the top of a building, and he fell, and he died. Um, And you can't help now, but, like, once Lloyd said that, I'm like, they killed him. They killed him for fucking with Stone Cold. It's a really no. <laughs> yes, they. Did. What happened was they. <clears throat> no, we you know what it was. Like so, his whole gimmick was he was going to come down from the rafters yeah. and kind of zip line into the ring, yeah. but the carabiners that they used for the zip line were not zip line grade. They were more like what we would sell at Consumer Auto Parts when we were working together for like a dollar. Now, would you say Owen Hart bought keys. his carabiner clips personally, or would you say he was given to him by the powers <laughs> that be at the WWF? Huh, Wayne. They murdered I don't him. want Vince McMahon to kill me. Well, he's he got the money can. to do it. If you will get dress up like a bird and hang from the sky, he will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to start wrapping this sucker so- up, Wayne. I think. So, uh, what do you else you got, Wayne? Let's let's bring this sucker in before Lauren never talks to us again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one thing I was going to ask you, because yes. um, you obviously you uh, took the class with Tony V and and you work with him quite a bit. Yep. How awesome is it to work with him so frequently? When I was at the Luna mm-hmm. and he got off stage and he fist bumped me and then he asked me to take a picture of you guys, I was like, I, I think I texted Anthony. I was like, dude, I just took a picture for Tony V. Like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, how cool is? <laughs> I said something mean cool after he said that. So by the way, t- let the record show. Yeah. Yeah, it will, yeah. Every every other text you send me is something egregious and mean, but um, I still love you. So it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Like in the four years that I've known him, um, how our relationship has changed. It's like he was my teacher, and now I consider him, you know, a friend and a colleague. And I I was like, wow. And now it's like. I'm doing a benefit with Tony V. And I'm just like, yeah, because I get to work with the guy. And I'm like, I'm just really blessed. You know, it's like, I don't go, it's crazy when I just, like Thursday night, I'm going to the Bobcat Goldfish show that Tony's on with us. Uh, Are you? Yes. Um, with Matt Mishy. And... I, I get to go see those guys and I get to go say hi to them and I get to, you know, it's, it's the great, I love the part where you just get to hang out with other comics, like when you're working with them, like on a show, 
um, in a green room. Like I did a show this summer. I was the host for a show in my hometown in Mansfield and it was Dave Radigan and Jimmy Dunn. So Dave Radigan went on first. I introduced him, ran up the stairs. I'm in the green room. I'm hanging out with Jimmy Dunn and I'm talking to Jimmy Dunn where before I'd be like, Hey, that's a guy from TV. You know, I used to watch, I used to watch the McCarthy's, you know, and I'm talking to him and he's like talking and we're just bantering back and forth. And I'm like, this is the best part is when you just get to just hang out and talk comedy or just talk shop and just you're now in that in that club and that to me is the best part i love i love sure the are. after i love the after show the after show is the best that's Definitely. when it just, you're doing so many of them that you're like if they have parallel parking i'm not going to there that is that is that's how you know you're getting a lot of shows. I honestly will now Google the place is parking available. Yep, they got a parking. Just lot. so you guys know <laughs> out there, you can. Yeah, any booker out there, you can park a set of testicles on my chin if you book me on your show. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it's 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 just. I mean, the after show part is like the best part. It's just when you're just hanging out, you just talking shop. And I love that's that. what I listen to the Rogan podcast a lot. That's what he says every time. He's like the comedy. His favorite part of it is just the green room afterwards with the comics. Just you know, yeah, that bringing the energy in the room with them, roasting each other. Yeah, and and sometimes it's just being quiet with each other, just talking. And I love that. I mean, I just love doing that. Mm. But yeah, and we love doing this. Oh, that's yeah. That, that's what I was gonna say. Like that's that's one of the things I love about this. Like you know, because obviously like. We've been doing it eight months, mm-hmm. and we've bumped. I bumped into you twice. You know what I mean? So, yeah. just by chance. So the fact that we have this platform to be able to say, "Hey, come on and chat." Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's that's really cool. And we get to do that with with a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's that's really cool. I mean, I think the great thing about technology like this is like you can just have a green room, and you can just be True. all logged in. And you can just do it whenever you want. And I like that. That's where we want the podcast to be like when we do these. It's kind of like a green room conversation. I, I guess that, that exactly. might be what we say in the beginning to tell people just to, just to get them to the idea. Like, pretend we're in a green yeah. room. Let's just talk like we're in there. Yeah. There you go. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago you do a writing class. Oh, I wanted to ask I, you about that, but I didn't want to pry. What do you is that is that a comedy writing class or is that it's a, what, it's a it's a bunch of comics who hang out. I met them I met them at an open mic. I met them at an open mic, and we just all started you know talking on you know instant message and stuff. And we made a Facebook page, and uh, they made a Facebook page. I was invited to the Facebook page, and we meet like every two weeks, and we meet at a restaurant, and we just write stuff. You know, if you know. so, do you, do you like bounce ideas off each yeah. other, or say, like, "Hey, I have this idea." Yeah, that's cool. We do that with, um, you know, we have a, a text with Justin George, mm-hmm. um, who, who's our our first guest on the podcast, and um, we do a Jacques you know, Lambert Zoom too. That's a good one. Yep, we do a Jacques Lambert Zoom and just yeah. kind of chat with him. And I, like, I drive around all day for work, so I might be like, "Hey, Jacques, you get a second? I have an idea to bounce off you." And he'd be like, "Yeah, give me a call." And then, yep. you know, we'll be on the phone for forty minutes while I'm driving. 
and uh, he'll be like, yeah, you're a piece of shit, but you should definitely try that. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, but, there's no way we could eat and then do the same thing because we couldn't we, – I don't think we can eat through our discussions of uh, the bits yeah. that we write. No yeah. one would be hungry. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you choke while you're laughing and stuff. But the guys that I yeah. the guys that I hang out with, I'm, they're really great writers. I I mean, there are times when I just sit back and I just go like this because they're they're so fast, and they can just go, and I'm like trying to like write something down really quick. But I I can't write that fast yet. I can't. You know, mm. rat tat tat. I mean, there's one guy, Andrew, who I love. He's like a machine gun. He's just rat a tat tat, and I'm like, how do you do this so fast? For me, I have to like write it out. I have to look at it. I've got to re you know re you know edit four times. But that's just my style. And Andrew is like machine gun, and he's so good at it. I envy him. I truly envy him because he's just so fast. That's how Anthony is for me. Like I'll listen back to some of my sets, and I'll have uh, a little bit of we'll call audience participation. Not really heckling, but like somebody saying something. And I might say something that's kind of funny or whatever. But when I listen back, I always have like this perfect comeback. And it's like George from Seinfeld when he's eating the shrimp, and he's like, "Oh, I should have said the jerk store called." And they're looking, you know, they ran out of you or whatever he said. Like, I always have that moment when I'm listening back. Like, yeah. oh, fuck, yeah. I messed it up. I've literally, so, yeah, I, I've literally, I, I know the feeling. I've literally had that me. walking off the stage going, I should have said that. I That would have been a, uh, and I, you know, and you just, you got to roll with it. You'll use it next time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what that had to do with you, Anthony, I was giving you a compliment. I was saying oh, you were fast with your comebacks. And your, yeah. Oh, yeah, you you're fast that. with your compliments and your... Aww. You know, when when people say something to you on stage, you're usually pretty quick-witted. Oh, yeah. I uh, th So there's one thing. Uh, I'm so bad at so much of this, uh, especially knowing an audience before I go up there and going, you know what this uh, lady and uh, her uh, elderly husband is going to like? To talk about my penis. Uh, and I just need to know <laughs> that they don't want to do that. And uh, that's a skill I don't have yet. But a skill I do have is if anybody makes the fatal mistake of trying to talk to me during my set, uh, I am very good at at, um, at yelling at them. Uh, <laughs> I, I can I can <laughs> really uh, pick apart. A, yeah, and it's not like I hate I, I hate going after someone's appearance, just like a lot of people do, or any of that stuff mm. to get a quick laugh at someone there. Or Wayne made a guy feel real bad about believing in flat Earth once. Uh, that, it was great. Um, he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do crowd work, and I'm going to bring the energy of the crowd up. And then he berated a man for being a stupid in front of everybody. <laughs> no, I like to look deep. It wasn't deep. the intent, but I did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he basically, like, he, he was like, hey, everybody, well, look at this. This is going to be great. And he brought out a five-year-old, and he was like, <laughs> and everybody was like, Jesus. And then he tried to do the rest of his set. <laughs> Yeah. The guy literally looked at me and went, he, he looked at me and went, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to do a little bit of crowd work. I'm learning here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. We're going to, like, man, someday he's going to look back at his first crowd work and he's going to be like, damn, that's not how you do it. <laughs> what, one thing I loved, though, uh, so, you know, most mics are five minutes. Yeah. Uh, we, went to, we went to the safe on Thursday, which is like a mixed open mic, okay. and they, do, they offer ten minutes. Ooh. 
So it, we actually went to the Luna, and then we shot over there. Uh-huh. And we got to go on number one and number two, because for some reason, whoever signed up started at number three. And they all just went down from there. Okay. So we were like, oh, sweet, yeah. we'll go up here. And uh, so I just kind of like fucked around because I didn't prepare anything. Mm-hmm. So I did a bunch of stuff and it was really fun just kind of going up there and not really having an expectation. Mm. Just kind of doing some jokes and then being able to play off what was said. And I kept a running tally of what people didn't find funny during, excuse me, during my set. That's good. Like to their face. To their face. I was like, oh, you guys don't like Biggie. All right. <laughs> I did a few more jokes. I'm like, no cancer fans. All right. No cancer, no Biggie. <laughs> well, it was nice because there got, was like forty people in there, and they all weren't comics. That was good, you know. Like normally, that was, every time that was awesome. I, I will say, I will a thousand percent go back. They mm. were all younger people. Mm. Um, it was a lot of music, a lot of um, hip hop type or, or what did you call that, Anthony? What kind of music? I, I'm I'm too old for that. <laughs> do you think uh, uh, so? Uh, I R&B. am equally as ignorant of. Uh, I know music up until 2004. Green Day's American Idiot. That's where it stopped. I stopped right there. I would call it. I would call it like freestyle hip hop. It was a lot of like freestyle hip hop. Uh, yep. A lot younger. So like some of the jokey things that we would normally get away with in like an open mic or like a comedy show mm-hmm. didn't really fly. I got a lot of these like oh, um, some of the stuff that I did the night you saw me. Um, they were like ah, yeah. that's where the cancer one was. Anyways, it, it, it's a really good. Um, it's a really good gauge, but. I'll definitely go back. It was a it was a good crowd. They you know I had a lot of people come up after and be like, "Hey, I really enjoyed that." I'm like, "Well, you didn't laugh." They're like, "Yeah, it was still funny though. We just don't laugh because we're mm. young and we're into freestyle hip hop." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I crowd work. That's how I got my laughs. <laughs> that, was a, that was that one was a tough one. Mm. Yeah, it was, but it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. So if you're ever in in Lowell on a Thursday night late, yeah, kind of Check a it out. it's kind of a hike for you from Mansfield, but yeah, and I'm usually in bed out. by then. That makes sense. The, the, that is so hard. I do, I used to stay up. Me and Anthony used to stay up playing PlayStation till like 12, 1 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I'd wake up for work at 6 o'clock. I'm like, I'm ready to go. The second I turned 35, I was like, fuck that shit. I need the bed. I'm like in bed at like 9 o'clock, falling asleep by like 9.30. Yeah. And then on mic nights, I'm like yeah. home at like 12.31 sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just a piece of shit the next morning. I mean, it's like... Uh, I, I thank people for inviting me to these these mics. It's so nice of you, but I'm usually in bed by then. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, they have that new mic that they're going to be starting up. Um, I want to say it's next month. That Laugh Boston is actually going to be doing an open mic yeah. Thursday nights, ten o'clock. That's so. As much as I hate being up that late, that's perfect for me because I don't like. My wife works a little late. Mm. A, a little later than I do, yep. and everywhere from me is quite a quite a hike. So by the time she gets home and I get somewhere, yep. it's usually pretty late. So a, a mic like that is nice because mm. I'll be able to like help my. I'm gonna try to go to wife, that but... one almost every time it goes because that that's been my dream since. So when I first started doing op- wanted to do open mics, I was like, oh, you just go to Giggles, and I'm sure they have an open mic, and then you just go to that until they notice you, and then you get to do Giggles on the show, and then then you know you're rich. But um, it's not like that at all. There's, I'm doing it at places where bars and side rooms and people's houses yep. and all kinds of weird shit like that. To see a place like Laugh Boston give, yeah, it's it's opening the door. You know, yeah. at, at least you're in there. Hopefully, somebody is there that makes decisions that could eventually see you and eventually mm-hmm. maybe get you on the show. But at least you're at yeah. the place. Like the burn. Yeah. Well, not anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> Burn is That's over for us. 
we got the news. So there was actually there was actually a question I I, I had for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So doing all the how did you go from uh, taking your classes and stuff to getting to the point where you're on all these uh, book shows? Was it all networking for you, or was it going to comedy shows? Obviously, that's networking too. But like, how, how did you get to that point? Um, well, I had done open mics. Um, I started at the uh, Green Dragon. Um, near Faneuil Hall with uh, Jesse Cash mm-hmm. um, and I started there I was doing the basement at Muya on Tremont Street that's not even a Muya the, the burger place? yeah they used to have an open no mic kidding, in no. the basement it's closed now because they, they, they shut down Muya um, but I, I would do an open mic down there that's like one of the first ones I ever did and then I just started going to a lot of shows and then you start yeah. talking to people and then you start seeing them at shows and doing, hey, how's it going? You know, and it's just, you talk to one person who then talks to another person and you see that person and then it's like it just connects. Or someone has seen you work and said, hey, I'm doing a show at this place. Let me talk to the guy and see if I can get you one for next month. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are not paying gigs. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is not, yeah. I'm not getting anything. And that's fine. Because the experience and then the working <clears throat> with certain comics is that's that's your pay. That's that, your pay. That's kind of that's how I feel about it. Like, would it be nice to get some gas money? Yeah. And you know, in this day and age, absolutely. But but there's nothing better than being in front of a paying crowd and having you know standing outside like when we did the. Uh, when when I, when I did that class with Jacques and we were mm-hmm. standing outside talking after after the Wicked Funny thing, yeah, we had a, f- a few older couples walk out and just be like, "Oh, that was so good! Thank you so much for coming out. That was a lot of fun." Like that yeah. that to me was way more rewarding than uh, you know Mike Atrobas coming up and going like, "Hey, here's a hundred bucks. I appreciate yeah. it. I, I love the fact that they enjoyed what we had to say." Yeah, I like so, that. Yeah, that's really I cool. I mean, for me, it's like if I get gas money, great. But if I get a couple of people after the show going, oh, my God, you are so funny. I love your stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I, I Can I get your name? Can I put you on my Christmas card list? You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, that's the really cool part. I, I do like that. I like it. I, it, it really is because we spent so much time putting together. Exactly. Minutes. Like, yeah. I can explain that exactly. to my dad. Oh. Like, we, like Anthony was saying, like, oh, yeah, we have 15. We don't really have 15 minutes. We might have maybe 10 that we're comfortable with right. in total. I, mean, I, don't, I can't speak for Anthony. For me, could, if you said to me, hey, can you go up and do 15 minutes? Yeah, it's not all going to be great. Mm. I could say probably 10 of it's going to be pretty decent. Uh, but you spend so much time trying to put that together. Yeah. And nobody sees that. It's been eight months. Maybe 10 minutes is, like, good. Yeah. That's incredible. Tell- I don't know how people like Carlin used to do like a year, uh, a special a year. Mm. What the fuck? Tony always told us when we were in class, when you become a comic, you become a long haul trucker. You're gonna mm. you're gonna drive two and a half hours for five minutes of stage time, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna get back in the car and you're gonna drive two and a half hours home. That's your job. And I love it. Is my car paying the price? That makes so much sense. Is my car paying the price for it? Yes, it is. But it's worth it. It's worth it. 
It really is. Well, Lauren, why don't you tell, if you can, our audience, we talked about you have a busy month coming up. Where can they find you, uh, internets and non-internets? Oh, sure. And, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Facebook, Lauren Sims. There I am. Um, Instagram, Lauren Sims 71. Uh, I'm not on X or... Oh, I am on Threads. I'm still not sure how that thing works, but I'm on it. There you go. Lauren don't Sims. I know what that is. There you go. It's... A place where you can talk to people. It's it's like a new I don't know. It's like a new MySpace. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It might go somewhere. You never know. Um, let's see. Let me pull. Can I pull? Can I pull up my 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 post? Absolutely. Because I will never remember because I'm perimenopause and I've lost my mind. So there you go. <laughs> it's the it's the gun honest truth. If I don't write it down, it's gone. Um, but yeah, we've got a few shows coming up. Let's see. All right. Here we go. Um, let's see. Friday, November 10th, I will be at the Playhouse in Newport, Rhode Island with uh, Don Tyler and Sam Pelletier and Tyler Kittner. Um, this show I'm really, really excited about. Um, November 12th, I'm going to be performing with Jimmy Tingle. I'm very excited about this one. We're doing a veterans benefit um, at the Dillboy VFW in Somerville. Um, I'm going to be on the Riot Act with Joanna Raposa and Patty Punch, November 16th. And I'm going to be doing Stash's Comedy Jam at the American Legion Post in Newton on November 25th. Bam. So what please a busy come month. see me. We would love to have you. I'd love to see you guys there. Yes, we would love to come out too. I mean, we're definitely going to go to one of those things. There's a hundred of them. Yay. We're going to go to one. <laughs> So Come get to ready, any Wayne. of them. I'd love to see you guys at all of them, but I'd love to see you at one of them. No, no, we got yeah, to definitely. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would. De- we'll definitely try to figure that out and come out to at least one of them. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on, oh, taking time you out so of your obviously. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Single. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Yeah, we love it. Um, Anthony, do you have any any closing words or anything that you want to say before we? No, just remember out there, everybody, jack off in the socks and have a good night. And remember that this was a worthy and beautiful step in the quest for laughs. Good night, everybody. Yeah, any booker out there, you can park a set of testicles on my chin if you book me on your show. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs>